Which I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. I love being in this warm little bubble of Italian cheese. That is the worst written synopsis ever. IMDb, you're fired. Jeff Drucker's in this, and he's he's Jeff Stryker. I like him. One, please. It's a metaphor that cost me $25 with slipcover. If there's anything that requires deep analysis, it's trauma. And so he's in this, and he shoots bad guys. Thumbs up. Hey, movie freaks, before we get started with the show, I got a couple of notes that I... of things that I forgot at the start of the show. First of which was a correction from last episode. Yes, I said Deadpool was... in uh, first appearance was in X-Force. No, it was in New Mutants. And I apologize to all the comic nerds out there who are screaming at their radios. And next up, Average Joe's Drive-In, episode 71. TJ was nice enough to have me on as a guest again. And I highly recommend you go listen to it. It was a pretty good chat. We talk about all kinds of stuff, and it was a pretty darn fun time. So go check that out. And that's about it for my notes. On with the show. How's it going, man? Oh, boy. Good, I think. Um, (laughs) This has been a uh, very busy day, but that's always a good thing. And kind of an impromptu start time, but I kind of like that. Keeps us... Keeps us feeling young. Yeah, keep you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> keeps us feeling young. Yeah. We're, we're like uh, the old people who have dinner at, at four o'clock so they can be in bed by seven. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because we're up at five. <laughs> that is true. Fuck the sun. For real. I, 5.45 is sunrise these days. Oh, man. It's crazy. I Because I'm up at like five o'clock or 5.15 and I'm like, oh, the sun is starting to come up already. Mm. It's like, oh, it's... And I'm right. just, I'm laying in bed cursing the sun <laughs> as it it's... peeks through the windows and I just fell asleep. Oh, yeah. my, my kids kept me up a lot this weekend. Uh, the other night when it was kind of stormy, then the electricity flashes and then their nightlights go out and their reaction to that is to, let's get out of bed and run around the house screaming at the top of our lungs. It's like, oh man. Ugh. And, and then I'm so worked up because you, you know, you go from sleeping to running in two seconds. Like what's going on? I thought somebody was dying. Uh, that that then I can't go back to sleep. I'm wide awake now. You know, it's like it's great. How do you do it? I I mean, that has thankfully not happened to us yet. But a lifetime of insomnia, I guess. You just it's, yeah, uh, you just you just learn to deal. Ugh. That, <sighs> anyway, that does not sound fun at all. But um, I don't know. It, it feels like uh, since like. Since a couple of weeks have passed now, I, I feel like I'm in a, definitely at a better place than I had been. I'm mm-hmm. more not as stressed and I'm more ah, ready for podcasting a little bit easier and all that good stuff. I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel on, on my personal end as well, which has yeah. been fantastic. Again, we'll address all these things maybe at the end of summer when enough time has passed. But for now, let's yes. just leave it at that. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. It's getting... Better and better and better. Yep. Oh, and the the new intro is pretty funny. I think the, uh, the or the music. It's not no, not funny. I guess it's just cool. I like it. Yeah, I'm still gonna. I gotta work on adjusting levels and stuff. And I want to. I need to make it a little louder. I liked how the old one was bassier. So I need to. I had t- turned it down too much. I'm gonna turn that back up. I gotta put some more end credit stuff in. But uh, it's coming along. It's coming along. Yeah. I think it sounds good. 
Keep, keep us on our toes, changing things up. That's right. Keep the podcast fresh. Yeah. Now let's get back to doing the exact same damn thing we do every episode. Yep. <laughs> yep. Roulette recently watched in some silly games in the middle that are fun, but uh, kind of infuriating at times. <laughs> uh, for the most part, yep, because I screw them up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, before we get started, um, so had to just quick chime in on the concert that I was at, the Slayer show, because... Um, eh, it kind of goes a little bit with movies, I guess, right? Yeah, maybe. Well, metal um, music and horror movies that you love. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, so, I actually, uh, got there in good time when Testament had, hadn't even started their set yet. And, uh, this is at the Blossom Music Center, and it's interesting trying to get to Blossom. You've been to Blossom before, correct? Uh, was that where we saw Slayer? Or? This is the no. open one. Is yeah, this, th- this is the... Well, there's like a pavilion that has like, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe five to seven thousand seats, probably at least. And then there's a big grassy knoll, right? Yes, b- yeah. behind there, yeah. So, um, you know, this is, there was, uh, what, five bands there? So that's a full, a full day of metal. So I get there pretty early, and which is great because, um, I actually had a, uh, I had a VIP pass that I could kind of get in early if I'd want to, but I, I got there, gates had already opened. Um, it's just interesting, like, there was, there was a ton of people at this show by the time Slayer came on, and I got there early enough to where I literally, I was parked in, like, the third row at Blossom, which was just crazy. I'm like, I parked, and I'm like, eh, I just have to walk a little bit, and here I am. It was really cool. But anyway, so I get there, and Testament comes on, and they're really good, old school metal. Uh, and I'm just kind of hanging back a little bit for them, and then, Behemoth is next, and I really, really like Behemoth. I saw them with Cannibal Corpse, and I'm like, I'm just going to kind of make my way up a little bit closer. And um, I was uh, one person away from the the front, the guardrail thing. Um, now, at right, like, towards the end of the Testament set, I went, took, took a piss, and I'm like, just get a sandwich, just, just in case. So I got a sandwich and scarfed that thing down. And then I went back down, and uh, Behemoth comes on, and towards the end of the set, I actually make my way up to the front, right, I'm in right dead center, front of the guardrail, front row, pretty much. And that's where I stood for the rest of the afternoon and night. I was front row center at the Blossom for this, this metal show, which I don't know the last time that, I think the last time I was actually... Front row center at a concert was Slayer back, uh, back on their, uh, oh man, back in like high school days. Like one of, if not my first time seeing Slayer, it was with uh, a buddy of mine. Not you weren't th- at that one. Um, it was Machine Head and Slayer. Anyway. I mean, um, we were that close to Slayer when we saw them at Nautica that at first Nautica, time. At Nautica, yeah. Yeah, we were, but uh, it was just, it was crazy to be like within like, Handshake distance to, you know, Scotty Ian of Anthrax and, uh, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, which I'm not sure if you're a big Lamb of God fan, but I don't know any of their stuff. And I was like, oh, I can't believe that Lamb of God is the band that's on right before Slayer. And I'm like, I like Behemoth and Anthrax a lot more. And then, but, or, and then Lamb of God comes on. I'm like, these guys stole the show. They were, they were so good. It was like, it's, to me, it's kind of like groove metal and it has a hint of Pantera in there. It, they were so good. It was so good. But anyway, um, that's my metal report. It was, honestly, that was one of the best concerts I have ever been at in my life because all the bands brought so much energy. 
the Slayer show was so good because usually I don't see them in, on that big of a stage when I see them. It's usually the Agora or a smaller stage. But here, this is like a huge, huge stage. So their stage show was like, you know, much bigger than I'm used to for them. So it was really, really, really good. Nice. But um, anyway, just Did, thought I would no, that's chime cool. in on my... Uh, I don't know enough Lamb of God stuff. I mean, I know I've heard some tracks, but I couldn't tell you what any of them sounded like now, but it's been too long. Did you see God. that lineup for that festival thing they're having at the Mansfield Reformatory? No, huh? Uh, Clutch is going to be in there, but and the Ooh. other list of bands that were in there, I was like, oh, damn, that is almost tempting. But <laughs> me, and, me and concerts... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm still, every now and then I still need a metal show. And then this was therapeutic, especially because I had to go through a whole bunch of crap. Um, it was just yuck. So it was nice that I was able to go and just metal out for a little bit. And the, the pit was crazy and it was a great time. Anyway, there's my, there's my concert report. Uh, now back to your regular scheduled, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, talking I'm... about shitty movies. <laughs> Having a little freak out here because. Oh, damn it. I, I got home from work today and I had to walk through some a, a long, a lo- lot of long grass. And in this weather, that means ticks. Oh. And along the way home, I picked five of them off of me. And then when I got home and was getting ready to take a shower, I found two more. So now every time a little anything touches my skin, I'm jumping out of my skin. I understand. Freaking <laughs> hate ticks. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's dive in the ocean of cinema on the movie roulette and try to find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Kaleidoscope up against Cargo. And I'll let you go first, sir. Please tell me about Kaleidoscope. Or, or Cargo. Or Cargo, whatever the hell. I don't know. I'm doing, I'm multitasking over here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I got ticks and shit, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see here. Cargo. Netflix movie-ish kind of, I guess. Drama, thriller, heavy on the drama, low on the thriller. Um, uh, another generic zombie movie where uh, you got some survivors. By some, I mean, there's a handful of people in the movie because you can tell it's a low-budget movie. So we can't have tons of people in the same scene because that costs money. So it's a, it's just a few people scattered throughout. A uh, guy and his wife and baby. Uh, I'm going to spoil some of this movie because it wasn't good, to me at least. Uh, she gets bit by a zombie and then that, they... That was in the trailer. Okay, so then she... And he gets went, bit too. That was also yeah, he in the gets trailer. Bit too. Yeah, and so you have... They, they were these watches, so they know that in, in like, uh, is it 24 hours or a certain number of hours, then you're going to become a zombie. Uh, and you start showing symptoms by your eyes and you get pussy and mucusy on the face, whatever. It's just eh, kind of cool, I guess. Uh, but she gets bit, so it's a, you know, now we gotta go somewhere to protect our baby. Blah, 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 blah. And an hour and 45 minutes of walking around and meeting people. Some of them are nice and some of them are not. And then walking around and a little bit of gore maybe here and there and, uh, some of the zombies stick their heads in the dirt. Uh, that's that's the gimmick of this movie is they s- stick their heads in dirt before they turn into zombies so that they're stuck in the dirt. Maybe it was stupid. It was stupid. Um, uh, and then he, towards the end, dangles something in front of as he's turning into a zombie. Dangles something in front of his face to I don't get him to a, 
safe haven for his baby and eh, whatever. Martin Freeman was okay. Uh, no, uh, Martin Freeman was good in this. He's a good actor, and he was good in this, but I was bored to tears in this. This was a 30-minute short film that would have been interesting, I kind of interesting as an, in an anthology thing, but nope, hour and 45 minutes felt like three hours, little gore. Uh, I'm tired of zombie movies. Unless it's old school, I'm done with zombie movies. Unless it's through roulette, then I'll watch it again. Yep. Um, probably give it a shit score. But yeah, this thumbs down. Better than day of, that Day of the Dead garbage, but uh, no. Nope. And speaking of hour and 40 minute long movies that should have been 30 minutes long, Kaleidoscope. Recently released from prison, mild-mannered Carl quietly attempts to move on with his life, but his fresh start is shattered by the sudden reappearance of his domineering mother, whose presence awakens within him a deep-seated trauma. I'm going to spoil this one too. Starring Toby Jones. Okay. He's a good actor. He is a good actor, and he's a good actor in this. And he's just kind of a ho-hum, very average kind of schlub. And he's going to go out on some date, and then the date comes back to the house, and then um, <sighs> you kind of get the inkling, like, oh, what's going to... You're just waiting. Is he going to murder this girl, or is he just trying to get laid, or what's going on? And then it just... Things don't go well, and she gets sick, and then she... she then his mom kind of shows up, which is weird, and he's mean to his mom. He does, uh, clearly doesn't want anything to do with her, and has real issues with her. And get, I, like He's like mean, like, get out of... No, you can't stay in my house overnight. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. And then, you know, the girl pops back up, and you but you thought she was dead, and then she is dead, and they're looking for the killer. <sighs> and it goes on and on and on and on and on, and there's, uh, like, three people in this movie. And, uh... Clearly, you can tell that it's kind of a psycho thing, where it's like, did he kill her? Did he not kill her? And then it very much seems like he did kill her. And they don't tell, they don't show you everything that happened with the girl. They just sprinkle in flashbacks along the way. And then there's these weird things where the girl turns into the mother, it turns into the girl. <sighs> I'll just save you a whole bunch of time. By the time you get to the end, you realize, okay, it was some other girl that was killed by some other killer. It wasn't him, and it wasn't that girl. It was just a coincidence. And that girl was still alive. It just happened that he thought it was his mother he was throwing out, but every time he sees the girl that he's interested in, he has so many mommy issues that he sees his mother giving him shit. And so he was throwing his mother out when it was actually the girl. And then at the end, when he realizes all of this, he goes into the bathroom and sits down and turns on the water for the bathtub. And I'm like, really? This guy's going to sit in the bathtub and slash his wrist, and that's how we're ending this movie. And they watch the bathtub filling up with water, and he just sits there, fade to black. And oh. I was like, oh, what? I, I mean, on all the technical levels and stuff, and I get what they're going for, I'll give the thing kind of a passing grade, because I grade a little more by um, just the film itself than my personal take on it, But so I would give it probably like a six. But my personal take on it would be like a one. I did not like this movie, and... Did not, I, I always hate it when people say, but what's the reason? Why do we need this? We don't need this. This doesn't need to exist. And most of the time I'm like, ah, shut up. Just let people remake things and what, maybe it'll be good. You know, with this, it's like, why do we need this? We already have Psycho. Uh, you're just doing a vague imitation of that bad and not in a good way. And you're de deceiving the audience on purpose by your, uh, spotty editing where you're just dropping in flashback bits all along the way. It's like, 
all right, I get what you're doing. Not for me. Maybe somebody else will enjoy it. Maybe you will enjoy the slow burn of it, but... I, no interest. Nope, that doesn't sound good. I don't see why you would want to, because yeah. in the end, she, nobody was really dead anyway, so what the hell was the point of that, I guess? Yeah. And I guess I should say, my movie, I gave it one and a half out of five stars. Uh, and again, it, it, I, it, this movie actually has got, my movie has gotten some good reviews. Um, some people seem to like it. It's just, it's not for me. It, anymore, it takes a lot for a new low budget release to wow me. Uh, the Ritual is a great example of a new release Netflix type movie that wowed me. But this stuff here, you gotta do something different other than sticking people's heads in the dirt. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, Martin Freeman, you're better than this. Trust me, you're better than this. Uh, ditto so, Toby Jones. Yeah, wow. So, two I does. mean, I just don't, what I don't understand is, by the time it's done, I'm looking at it, I'm going, who reads this script and goes, yes? Yeah. I, eh, whatever. Ah, somebody somewhere loves it and it's their favorite movie, and uh, I'm very happy that you have a movie you love. Okay, let's move on to the next round. Unless you want to, I think we've said enough about those yeah, movies. Yeah, we're, we're good to go. Okay, you're up first. Okay, first up is, um... There is a, it's a complete ghost town on Netflix. And after spending literally almost 15 minutes trying to find movies, I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going over to YouTube and I'm going to find old school stuff that actually, actually truly interests me. Uh, and I found, uh, quite quickly, I found three that I'm like, I haven't seen these and I'd like to. First up is Death Screams from 1982. This is a horror movie, probably slasher movie. Teenagers are stalked and murdered by a maniac at a town fair. And I, I included links for you so that you can quickly find it and watch it. Thank you. Um, but 1982 slasher. Okay, there we go. Uh, next up is The Intruder Within. Now, this one here I actually watched some of when I was a kid. This was this is a made-for-TV science fiction movie. Drillers on an oil rig near Antarctica discover that they have accidentally brought up several prehistoric eggs. One egg hatches and becomes an unstoppable creature. A couple of them try to stop the creature, whatever. But I remember this scared the daylights out of me when I was a kid. Now, obviously, I keep your expectations in check. If you pick this one, it's probably going to be very little gore. And but for some reason, it really got to me when I was a kid, and I do still remember that. And I wish that someone would bring this uh, out remastered or whatever, as with a bunch of these old old school TV movies. Last but not least is Sartana's here. Trade your pistol for a coffin. We got a spaghetti western. Uh, Sartana, bounty, bounty hunter and gunfighter, witnesses the robbery of a shipment of gold. He finds his way into town where he meets with a lot of suspic- suspicious stares from the locals. Uh, he also meets with Samuel Spencer, who seems... To own the company of this company town, uh, one thing leads, you know, it's bad guys versus good guys, lots of shooting and you know the drill. Yep. There you go. I love that. I love that title. That's a great, t- I love those old spaghetti western titles. They're like, especially the long ones. It's like, what, what? Okay. Um, I really wanted to get a Django one because there's like a bazillion Django movies, but this one here, the plot sounded good enough where I'm like, ah, I'll put, I'll throw this one in here. Cool. There you go. Okay. Coming your way. Would you rather? Are you sure you haven't seen this one? I don't think so. Um, I've had a busy day. I In need of cash to help her sick brother, a young woman agrees to take part in a lethal winner-take-all parlor game hosted by a sadistic millionaire. Brittany Snow, Jeffrey Combs. Oh, Jeffrey Combs. That sounds familiar now. Shit. Um, 
Man, if I did, it's been a while. I um, because there, there, I remember there was a couple years there where there was a lot of these movies coming out. There was, I know. Um, it's one of those where I can start it, and if I've seen it, I can do one of the backups if I choose this one. Okay, that sounds good. Your backup is going to be Annihilator's Action Force on YouTube. Okay. Uh, what was the next one I had here? Oh, I gotta scroll down to find the. There it is, the veil. Uh, this was one that I had on the roulette, and I was. Like, okay, I was okay. I, I didn't love it, but at the same time, I had it was painless to watch. And I remember liking the ending, and Thomas Jane was a creepy cult leader in it. The lone survivor of a mass suicide revisits the scene years later with a documentary film crew awakening dark memories and mysterious phenomena, Jessica Alba, Thomas Jane. So I thought, ah, eh, there's, there's a sort of horror f- film for Eugene on Netflix. That I have not seen. And lastly, Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity at 70 Minutes. It's a group of his friends do stand-up for charity. And I thought, ah, you know, that seems okay, but maybe I'll let it run it by you first. And, you know, stand-up is usually kind of like documentary. It's a pretty safe genre to throw in the roulette. What do you want, sir? Um, well, the Jeffrey Combs movie does sound good. I just, I wonder if I've seen it. But I'm, I'm going to go with that one first. And um, I'll be able to tell pretty quickly if I've seen it. And then, um, so backup would be Annihilators. Is that what you said? Uh, you can have any of the other three as a backup. Oh, okay. Um, back. Let's just say backup would be Veil. Okay. Because that is one, I, that's still in my queue after your review. And I, I would like to watch that sometime. And for me, I was going to take the really long titled Spaghetti Western one, but then you read the synopsis for The Intruder Within, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, science fiction-y. I'm, actually, I'm glad to have any of those after this last roulette, and with my VHS buying lately and your importing of shit you can't stay, stay awake for, through, I mean, I'm, I'm way more looking forward <laughs> to this than I am uh, anything else on Netflix right now but and you know netflix is a a wasteland for you with horror but they do it's great if you like tv or you know i'm they don't have a lot for me on there right now although they did just add the new seasons of the flash and the arrow so (laughs) but i i totally understand what you're saying that it's not the genres for you (laughs) no it's and the horror that's on there is just junk oh i i look at the horror section it's like the first five rows have all been roulettes and it's all shit. Yeah. Oh, it's... So you're going to take Intruder Within? Yeah, I'm going to take... Yeah, is it Intruder or Intruders? Whatever. Intruder Within, yeah. Whatever, I'm going to take that one. Creature-y, creature feature sci-fi yeah. thing, yep, yep, that's me. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it is one that uh, I was watching, and that's when my mom and dad came in, and at a certain point they are like, nope, turn that off, that is not for your eyes. Now, granted, that's probably not going to mean a whole lot, at this point, but still, it's uh, it might be something interesting. Trust me, it'll be better than anything I could have thrown your way on Netflix. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, there you go. Next week, it'll be The Intruder Within up against Would You Rather or maybe The Veil. And that is the roulette. Are you ready to talk about some recently watched? Because, God, do I have a lot of it. Yes, me too. Yep, I'm ready to go. Let's talk some good movies now. Well, well Lord, yeah. we're still falling asleep through high-quality Blu-rays while I'm dozing off to low-quality VHSs, so... <laughs> yep. Mm. Uh, you can go first. Okay. Um, we got all the time in the world, so... Okay, perfect. Um, I'm going to start 
with some spaghetti westerns, which is one of the reasons why I threw a spaghetti western your way. Okay, so first up uh, is a movie called The Great Silence. And I think that I teased this last episode that I was going to watch this. Uh, spaghetti western from uh, Sergio Corbucci. He was the director of Gen- the original Django. And uh, he did this movie that uh, I-, I watched every single thing that I could uh, on this Blu-ray, as well as the booklet that came with it. I read that thing cover to cover uh, because I wanted to know all I could about this long-lost movie, kind of. Um, so, And this one actually got a remaster and got a limited theatrical release through the United States. A mute gunfighter defends a young widow and a group of outlaws against a gang of bounty hunters in the winter of, ni- of 1898 uh, as a grim, tense struggle unfolds. This is a masterpiece of uh, spaghetti Western cinema. This is one of the greats right here. Might not quite reach the heights of like the, the man with no name trilogy, but it is one of the best that I have ever seen. And very obviously Quentin Tarantino got uh, some ideas, I guess for, uh, for his hateful eight from this movie, mainly the bleak, desolate, wintry mountain landscape it's it's so great watching. That's one of the reasons why I like watching these older movies. Is it's, a, it's a production. Like, you can tell tons of talent and tons of people went into making these movies. Um, I don't know how that how people didn't get killed in this movie. And, like, and horses didn't get killed in this movie. It's like, it looks miserable. Like, everything about this movie looks completely miserable. That the, the shooting locations, um, it just looked dangerous. The way the way a real western should, in my yes, opinion. Yes, exactly. Klaus Kinski is the villain in this movie, and while I know that he is, uh, uh, all of these directors say that he was so difficult to work with. When he's on, he's on. He is so good in this movie. In fact, he steals the show. Completely steals the show in this movie. Uh, granted, some of this movie is kind of a, a bit more paint by the numbers spaghetti western, which is fine. It's good guys versus bad guys, whatever. What I like about this movie is the title of the movie is The Great Silence, and that is because um, the the hero of the movie is his name is Silence, and he's the Great Silence, and he literally can't talk, and you find out why he can't talk in flashbacks, whatever. I think that that's so cool. Um, the reason to watch this movie, uh, one of the one of the reasons, at least for me, is the ending is so like oh. They did that, which I was, it's so atypical for these types of movies, uh, completely blown away. In fact, there's a bit of a, you know, there's some special features and on this that explain what, what, uh, Sergio had to do, uh, in order to change the ending that is on this Blu-ray to one that is a bit more what the studio wanted. And there's obviously, and when you watch this, you're like, I see why, but the ending that's on this is, it's so good. It's so like, wow. Okay. Uh, I can't recommend this movie enough. It might be a smidge too long at an hour and 45 minutes. It drags a bit here and there, but it's still, it's beautiful to look at. And it was probably in the seventies, wasn't it? No, uh, 68. Oh, well, there you go. I believe, yeah, I believe this is his follow up to Django, which I like that Django was a muddy, dirty mess. And then this one here is just, a desolate snow 
I can't believe anybody's surviving this type of thing, but, um, you sold, was, you sold me with director of Django. So yeah, <laughs> well, and then, and then I did some research on, into this guy's other works. And, um, so I found out that he also did a movie called Navajo Joe. So I bought that on Blu-ray used for a really good price. Cause I had to see this because Burt Reynolds is the hero in Navajo Joe. Um, and I'm happy to report this is another great spaghetti western. In fact, uh, very shortly into this movie, I'm like, oh, that's the music from Kill Bill Volume 1 or 2, uh, whatever it is. But as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, oh, that. It's that music from that Tarantino used in Kill Bill. I bet uh, I can guess which piece, too. The the real hi-hatty. That one, you remember that? Okay. No, I was wrong. Okay, but I know which one you mean, though. Yeah, they do that over and over, and it's great. And you know, of course, watching this, I'm like, ah, it's Kill Bill. But uh, this was, I I guess, this was before Great Silence. This is not quite as good as Great Silence, but Great Silence is a bit more heavy and deep. Whereas this is literally just Burt Reynolds is an Indian, which is like, you know, he's got red face and a wig on, and it's kind of hilarious. But this is literally good guy, unstoppable good guy. That is just annihilating tons of bad guys that murdered his uh, Indian wife. And it is great. 90 minutes of just ass-kicking, shooting slimeball scumbags and knifing. It's so good. Uh, so this guy, I'll tell you what. I mean, if you want a triple header uh, spaghetti western, Django, Navajo Joe, and Great Silence is it right there. There yeah, you go. Especially since all the settings are completely different. Oh, yes. Yeah, this one here is more of a desert setting as well. Like, this isn't, this one here is not the muddy mess that Django is. This is more in the, the old west where it's, it's more of a desert. Well, the Indian stuff, whatever. So, yeah. Um, all three great. The, the villain in this one, while he doesn't quite reach the heights of Klaus Kinski and Great Sounds, he's a hiss of, I love when the villains in these are just, you want, you want to see them get their comeuppance and oh it's it's great but all of these well you've seen Django but I, I positive you would love Navajo Joe and you would really really love Great Silence cool put it in the stack for me sometime I don't know about yeah. real soon I'm not really feeling spaghetti western right at the moment but uh, you never know around the corner I'm sure I'll pick it up perfect there you go back to you Okay, I want to do a couple of rewatches of classy films before I get into uh, straight VHS drippings. Um, Sicario, because we were talking about that, because you had rewatched it, so it yep. got me all pumped up to rewatch it, and I did, and I enjoyed it more the second time. This is a damn good film. And while you you said that it, you felt like it kind of peaked with the shootout on the bridge. And that is a great action scene. I don't feel like that was the peak of it. I feel like it just got better and better till the, till the end. I really like that movie, and I'm really looking forward to the sequel. These won't take long, because we've talked about them before. Did you like this? Do you remember the score? Like Yes. Like, <sighs> it was just a constant dread-filled yeah. background noise music thing. It's fantastic. It worked great. But, and that ending, though, man, is that br- ending brutal, where he's sitting at the dinner table... Yes, and, it is. Wow. wow. I, I kind of thought he would take a little more time. I actually kind of wanted him to, but, uh, yeah, he just did the deal, and there you go. Wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, next up, a present for from my wife for my birthday. 
Mad Max Fury Road Blu-ray. Haven't seen this one since the theater because I refused to... I was just waiting till I got it on Blu-ray because I knew I wanted this on Blu-ray because of just... I th- and I think I saw it in 3D in the theater, which was, was disappointing because you could tell it was darker mm-hmm. because they never have the bulbs up bright enough. Yep. <clears throat> and, um... Uh, yeah, this movie is awesome. This is still the best movie that year. I loved it, and it was even better seeing it in 2D, uh, because it was just bright and vibrant, and the, the it made sense depth-wise, whereas the 3D just kind of felt like an afterthought of... It just didn't fit with that film, in my opinion. Even though some of it was fine and had depth, it just was like, ah, it's a gimmicky thing, and I this should look like pure cinema, and the the Blu-ray does. Man, do I love that movie. I'll do one more rewatch here. Kubo and the Two Strings. Was looking for something to watch with the wife and kids. I hadn't watched this one in a while, and I had, I thought, maybe, it, the you know, the boys will be entertained by this. And for the most part, they were. They were a little like, all right, come on, let's get going. You know, something more has got to happen if it's going to be longer than a YouTube video. And, uh, <laughs> uh, damn millennials. That's just the way they are these <laughs> days. Uh, but... <laughs> But I think that when it started getting scary, or there's a couple of scenes where the witches come in and it's kind of creepy, then they started sitting upright like, oh shit, what is this? What is happening? And that really got their attention. My wife at one point was even like, are you sure this is okay for them? And I was like, it'll be all right. And I started thinking back to shit that we watched when we were young. And granted, it might not have been The Exorcist at six or something like that. But still, I was watching... Scary stuff that by today's standards you would consider scary for a, a younger kid, like watching Tremors when you're nine or whatever, uh, or ten. Uh, that's a scary friggin' movie for somebody who watched no horror movies at that age. So I want them to be able to take uh, some uh, scary aspects of cinema without being completely shell shocked. And part of that is too that you have to make them watch to the end because the majority of the time when you watch to the end, then the bad guys are beaten. And you have a sense of relief and that, that your kids need that. They need to know you. They can't just like, Oh, this is kind of scary. We need to stop because then in your, their little minds, the scariness is still out there living and breathing and running around. You, gotcha. you need, you yeah, need I, I gotcha. Get, get to the end and let it wrap up, you know, because especially well, these kind of films where evil is defeated, you know, you don't want to show them nightmare on Elm street or some shit. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? No, where yeah. <laughs> bad guys still out there running around. Uh, anyway, so yeah, three rewatches and all three big thumbs up. I think I liked all three of them as much or more than the first time. That Kubo, man, that movie is so damn beautiful to look at every frame. It's just stunning. Gorgeous. Yep, I watched it. Good movie. Okay, back to you. Okay, um, I got, (laughs) I've got a couple more westerns. Well, one and a half more westerns. Um, I, uh, got a, uh, Code Red Spaghetti Western, so immediately the level of quality of movie drops, uh, slightly with this one, but I'm happy to report it's another fun movie. This one is called Vengeance from director Antonio Margariti, and, uh, Margariti also made, uh, I'm like, oh, that name sounds familiar, so I went to his, uh, his filmography. I'm like, oh, there we go. Cannibal Apocalypse, Killer Fish, The Last Hunter, like uh, all uh, movies that I've also, seen and like. Also a drink special at Applebee's on Tuesday nights. Yes. Antonio, the Antonio Margariti. <laughs> uh, 
Um, anyway, uh, it's uh, Richard Harrison is in this. Is he someone, I think? Yes. Richard yeah. Harris or Harrison? Richard Harrison. Oh, uh, I don't know who that is. He was in Ninja Dragon, if that means nothing. Mm. Um, that sounds like something I want to watch, but no. Yep. Terror Force Commando. Anyway, so he's in this, and um, he shoots bad guys. Thumbs up. Okay, next up. Wait, what was the name of this thing? Vengeance. Just it's me. actually, well, it's on Prime. Uh, Amazon Prime has it, but I have the Blu-ray, and it was... Oh, it's thumbs up. I mean, it's it's just funny how, like, the quality of... Navajo Joe Blu-ray quality was good. Great Silence was phenomenal. And then the code red Vengeance was... I'm like, oh, okay, you found an old beat-up 35mm film print and slapped it onto Blu-ray. Which, which is okay, because some of these movies, you can tell they're in high definition, but it's like, it's got the scratches and all that, the old-school... Look, uh, like, we're not going to clean this up because why? Why would we do that? We'll charge you a lot for it, but uh, no, we're good. Uh, anyway, it's it's an easy recommendation. It's really, really good. Well, it's not really, really good. It's it's good. Um, this is acceptable eighties entertainment. Oh, or sixties. <laughs> oh man, it's you. You're getting old. Yeah, I know. You're getting older know. back there. But but now we're going to jump to 2017, and I'm going to review a a new movie which. Be prepared. Here we go. It's one that I was hoping would be good because the director's first movie uh, was pretty good, I thought. His first movie was We Are Still Here. I quite enjoyed that movie. And his follow-up is a movie called Mohawk. And it was on sale on Voodoo. I'm like, you know what? This has enough positive reviews. And I've got some goodwill going on with his first movie. Let's give this one a shot and buy this one. Bad, bad decision. Horrible decision. Uh, um, well, now is this is his? Are you sure this is his follow up? This isn't like that yeah. secret movie that he made as a film project before he got any real funding or something like that. No, like, this is two th- supposedly 2017, and the other one was 2015, I believe. So it's okay. Um, Mohawk. A couple Indians are in the woods with their. The girl has a boyfriend guy, an American or whatever, and, uh, or Americans are, there's a, there's a small, a small group of soldiers that are out to kill them because it's a low budget movie. So there's a, only a handful of people running around the woods with shaky cam. I mean, it's Jason Bourne part seven or whatever. Cause it's shaky cam the whole way through shaky or shaky, high def shaky. Uh, it's got a couple gory bits. Um, and it's stupid. I hate it's. Stupid. Um, yeah, I hated it. The acting <laughs> so, was, is this an action movie or action horror drama whatever? Not really horror, I guess. But they try to throw shoehorn in some maybe Indian type supernatural elements towards the end. Uh, it's oh, you know, it it goes on forever. Oh, it's like oh, now you're torturing one of the Mohawk guys, and we're trying to make the people despicable, but the acting is shitty and bad acting so I didn't buy anything and it just felt like a low budget movie shot in the woods in the director's hometown uh, oh my lord I hated this movie it's on my voodoo why would he follow up with this I don't I mean because that uh, did you ever watch his other one did you watch no okay that was that was good I liked that one and that was more of a homage to Lucio Fulci and there is a lot of nods to some of his movies and it it worked but they didn't do... I hate that shaky cam crap. Yeah. Like, that's the sub- substitution for good suspense and action. Let's just shake the camera. 
and not be able to tell what's going on. And oh my god, I hated it. Um, it's on my voodoo if you want to give it a shot, but you'll you can tell by the first 10, 15 minutes what what to expect. Uh, I'm ex- I'm sure that this thing's gonna pop up on Netflix any day now. But I was so hoping that that was going to be a gem, and I took a chance and swing and a miss. Wow. So, anyway, for as much as Klaus Kinsey was a fantastic hissable villain in Great Silence, the villain in this thing here, and I think that I've actually seen him in uh, Ezra Buzzington is the... the, (laughs) Sorry, that just sounds like a made-up name. You'd actually... He's actually been in other movies. Like, he's got a big filmography. Um, and this just goes to show that I don't think that he was directed right because his dialogue was silly. Um, and he was, it says here he was in Fight Club. He was in The Artist, Hills Have Eyes remake. He's got some stuff under his belt, but I'm like, here it's like, oh, your dialogue is so bad. You're, it's like, you're, you're trying to be a real bad guy and it's, oh, (laughs) okay. And that's it. I'm looking him up here. Okay, I think that you'd recognize him just from his face. I do not. No, you don't? Okay. Well, anyway, it was not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, n- another one? Are you done? Or? Oh, um... Doesn't no, matter. back to you. Okay. Back to you. Go for it. Since we did some uh, classy good movies, let's move on to some free movies that I watched on Pluto TV with commercials. And turns out, like, on Sunday morning, their action channel kind of goes like, hey, here's some uh, forgotten things that you didn't know existed, or things that exist from the direct-to-DVD days of the early aughts. Maybe you should watch them. And I did. First up is, from 1999, Diplomatic Siege. Starring... Never heard. I didn't hear of either of these movies until I watched them. And I watched all the way through, starring Peter Weller, Daryl Hannah, Tom Berenger... And Brian James. Would you watch that movie? Yes. Yep. I did. It sucked. Uh, terrorists take over the U.S. Embassy in Bucharest. Bucharest? Executing one hostage every hour until a war criminal is released. Plus, two specialists are there trying to disarm a secret nuclear bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. This is quintessential pre-9-11 kind of uh, political thriller action-y Muslims are bad guy thingy. Uh, okay. With just all kinds of unacceptable ideas in it, a post 9-11 world. Uh, one of the ideas being that we have put a nuclear weapon hidden in the basement of every embassy around the world. Just in case any country acts up, we can push the button at any time and just blow them off the map. And uh, full of cliches and, and ridiculous nonsense like Peter Weller being sexy. But I watched it and Daryl Hannah... Bang the shit out of him in the... just Oh, hi! It's you! I haven't seen you in forever! Oh my god! Close off. Bang. Done. In the office. It's like, all right, that happened in a very PG-13 sort of way. (laughs) Uh, But Peter Weller is still always, like, watchable. I I just... I like the dude. So even when he's in a shit movie, I can still watch him. And it had the... That very uh, crappy gloss of a 1999... Filmed on video, I mean, like real film, probably, but just uh, low budget with the lights and everything, you know, just not great looking. Next up, so that, yeah, you can definitely classify that as things that, the thing that exists from 2012, here's another one, Fire with Fire, starring 
Josh Dumal, Josh Duhamel. How do you say his name? Josh Duhamel. Josh, I was the one guy in Transformers. Uh, Bruce Willis, Rosario Dawson, Vincent D'Onofrio, 50 Cent, Julian McMahon, Vinnie Jones. Quite a cast. Yeah. A fireman takes an unexpected course of action when a man whom he's been ordered to testify against after being held at a local... What? That is the worst written synopsis ever. IMDb, you're fired. Okay, so... (laughs) Josh Duhamel is in a, a convenience store. He's a firefighter. And in comes, uh, I just said his name, Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. And he's got a swastika tattoo, like, on his neck. And he's talking with a little bit of Southern accent, a couple of his henchmen. And they come in, and I guess they're just trying to set up being a gang. And so they rough up the convenience store guy, kill his son, and kill him. And then they're going to kill Josh, whatever his name is. And... He fights back against Vinnie Jones and runs away and manages to escape. And I guess they've Bruce Willis has been trying to capture this evil Vincent D'Onofrio character for some time or have some real evidence against him. And so this firefighter is going to testify, but he's got to go into witness protection where he meets Rosario Dawson and then she becomes a target and then they're both on the run. And then he decides, I'm going to kill this fucker myself. And I got to say, dude, I enjoyed this movie as far as being just kind of a throwaway action movie. This was fine. I had a revenge kind of plot, and I I was into it. Uh, Bruce Willis is not the star of this movie. He's in this movie, but he was probably there. I don't want to say, like, a lot of times we say, he came in for the weekend and made his paycheck. Well, here I will say, he was there for a week or two, and he did his CSI detective scenes, and then he was done. So he had the obligatory in-the-office scene, and then one in the records department of the police station, and then one on a crime scene where there's a lot of the little yellow tags with the numbers around where evidence is and making some angry phone calls. He did his dozen scenes, and then they, he was done. Um, but that was fine. I don't need it. Don't, I'd rather have that than Bruce Willis faking it like he made a real movie, or a whole movie. And Josh can carry the movie. He did fine. Um, Rosario Dawson is great in everything. Vincent, yes, Vincent D'Onofrio is always a good bad guy, and he was despicable in this movie. You wanted him to die so bad. And I enjoyed the third act and the way it went. I, I didn't think it got too crazy unbelievable. I give this movie a thumbs up. I'm not giving it, like, giving it a raving, huge, crazy thumbs up or something like, you have got to see this, oh my god. But for something that just happened to come on Pluto TV while I'm going through emails and working and stuff, I was like, yeah, I appreciate you. Good job, movie. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Fire with fire. Give it a watch if you can somehow find that thing. Uh, Back to you. Okay. Another one that I uh, hinted at last week was Zombie 4 After Death. Directed by, you guessed it, Mr. Clyde Anderson, a.k.a. Claudio Fragasso. Now this is zombie with no E, right? No, this is zombie with an E. Uh, okay. Zombie four after death. Zombie three is uh, zombie I. Okay. Whatever. Uh, that's the one that is uh, that uh, Lucio Fulci directed some of, and then he got sick and was it was taken over by I believe Bruno Mattai, uh, or maybe Claudio Forgasso. I'm not sure. Sure. One, of, one or both. Whatever. I I love zombie four after death, and I'm pretty sure that you would probably quite enjoy this movie. It is. Unpretentious, fun. Uh, this is my type of zombie movie right here, where uh, there's an 80s metal song going through the whole way through, and it's gory. Like, 
practical effects gore. The gore is like low rent, but it's real. Like it's real practical effects. And it's like really splattery. The acting is over the top ridiculous. And I, I've seen this movie countless times. And of course the blue, it's always like the Blu-ray of these things, if done properly, it makes these movies look so much more like they cost more than you, you thought that it did, I guess, through the whole thing. And I, I love watching this. I'm like, wow, this, this looks like a legit movie. And yeah, it's, it's a shitty movie, but it's, this is a total so bad it's good movie. Now, um, I, I'm sure I've talked about this movie on our show before. Uh, one thing that I did find interesting, I watched, there's a half hour, uh, interview with Claudio and his, I believe his wife and producer slash writer on the movie, uh, lady. And I'm guessing that they did this in their house, but it is really, really interesting. And I, I honestly feel for this guy, this Claudio Fergasso. Um, he has made a ton of movies and pretty much all of them are Z grade. Well, he doesn't even like that term Z. He talks about Z grade. Um, he did, he just, he never got much money to make his movies and he did the best with what he could. And seriously, like this zombie four, they had to shoot it at night on the set of Strike Commando part two, which I reviewed not too yeah, long ago. I remember That's that where the two guys run towards each other and they bonk their heads. <laughs> it's, it's the same set, which I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. I love being in this warm little bubble of Italian cheese. <laughs> um, uh, it's so great. Uh, but I, I don't know why for some reason I, I find this guy really endearing and I like him and it just, it, it feels like he's always wanted to make good movies and they just all turn out like this and it makes me just like him so much. <laughs> now, um, now do I need to see zombie two and zombie three to get what's going on in zombie four? No, no, this actually, this movie is actually called after death and then the distributor slapped on zombie four because it's, you know, that, so it's unrelated. It's unrelated. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in fact, Sir, zombie, put, put, zombie two. Put it on the list for October. Okay. This, this is, I cannot imagine you would not like this movie. It, it's, this is my type of zombie movie, but zombie, to me, it seems like zombie one is Dawn of the, Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Um, and Fulci's, Fulci had his zombie, but then it was renamed zombie two or zombie flesh eaters. And then there was zombie three. Uh, which again is in name only, Zombie 4, After Death, and then there's Zombie 5, Killing Birds, uh, which I did not like, but I'm gonna, I'm holding out, waiting for the imminent blue release at some point, because I have a feeling I'm gonna be like, ah, okay, <laughs> not bad. But, uh, this is the one with Jeff Stryker. Jeff Stryker's in this, and he's, he's Jeff Stryker. I like him. Oh, what else? Um, I, Seriously, if and when you watch this movie, I would recommend watching that half-hour interview with these with Claudio and his wife because it it really is interesting and just hearing about what it took to make movies like this back then and how they had to almost bribe uh, Filipino worker not even workers just people on the street to be in our movie um, and just the dangers of this this is back in the day where it's like how do we make this low-budget movie let's just Go here and hopefully it, hopefully we can do it on well, no money. Uh, but it works anyway. So there's that. Cool. Um, I look forward to seeing it. Yes. Next up is, um, that's a good bad movie. Let's talk about a bad bad movie. Uh, Prey. This is a vinegar syndrome movie. Uh, from. Can you give me a year on that? Um, Prey. Bear with me here. No problem. 
Because uh, I know I've seen a movie called Prey. At, uh, I think there's a few of them with that title. I like to have the year. Uh, this is from 1977, and I believe that this is a British production. Um, uh, UK. Okay, so Vinegar Syndrome is... What I consider Vinegar Syndrome to be known for is their transfers. Uh, the quality of their movies is pretty much in line with like a Code Red, but the transfers of their movies are some of, if not the best in the business. Like that, they are known for like if you buy a Vinegar Syndrome movie, it is going to look phenomenal, and this one here does. And that I, I will definitely say the transfer on this thing is spectacular. The movie itself, though, is a complete complete train wreck to me. It's another one of those that seems to have some some love, but it's you might get a kick out of it. Uh, here's the synopsis. A deadly alien shapeshifter infiltrates a country house occupied by two lesbians and proceeds to study their behavior for a sinister purpose. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, that does. What's the, what's the catch? <laughs> oh, it's those those two lesbian ladies. Oh, especially the one. There's a short-haired one. I hated her. Very shrill. She was very shrill and bitchy. Uh, um, the problem is, uh, us males were sitting here going, "Yeah, they're gonna get naked and do lots of stuff." Instead, they just sit around, and talk about their finances, and argue. <laughs> oh, there's lots of arguing because this guy shows up and he's a shapeshifter guy, whatever. He shows up and every now and then it's like they, they slap on this like little pig, pig slash kitty nose on the guy or whatever and put some ridiculous contact lenses in his eyes. And, and now he's an alien, you see. Um, but he is playing both of them. So, I don't know. It sucks. It's almost oh, like... Oh, I thought he was just, like, voyeuristically watching from the shadows. You mean he's, like, involved? Oh, no, he... he yeah, oh, yeah, he's a part of... The, like, he's obviously... Something's very, very not right with this guy, but they welcome him in! Be a part of our family! And, oh, good God. I mean, it's like, he doesn't know how to drink liquid. He doesn't really know how to eat. He's all like, you can know, you can tell. Something is way, way off with this guy, but come on in! Um, the... One girl dresses him up in lipstick and a dress because something for reasons. <laughs> um, the only good part, well, a, a couple of things. Uh, I can appreciate the fact that the movie was shot on film. And even though there's only like literally a handful of people in this movie, it still felt bigger than these Netflix garbage movies that I'm watching. Um, but the very, very, very end of this movie, I thought was kind of, uh, it had a, a kind of cool downbeat ending, which... I appreciate it after the slop that the movie actually was. Uh, he doesn't know how to swim either, so he gets stuck in mud at one point, and he's slopping around mud, and the girl, one girl, tries to rescue him, and I'm like, oh, you're, oh, you're flailing around in mud. I'm like, I, I, I wanted some huge creature, like an alien creature, to eat them all in world credits, but... It, this sounds like one of those 70s movies that, that you sit down and watch, and you're like, okay, so what happened is they all got together... They had enough money to go on vacation, a.k.a. make a movie, uh, at some happy place like Hawaii, and then they all dropped a bunch of acid and just started filming everything. It, seriously, the the movie feels like, let's just shoot stuff and see what happens. Here's a couple contact lenses, and then here's a little rubber pig nose or something. You're an alien! Uh, no, no, you're not. You're... You look stupid and ridiculous, but let's throw a dress on this thing now and put lips... Oh, it's like, it But it's good. a metaphor, Eugene. It's a metaphor. <laughs> I guess it's a metaphor that cost me $25 with <laughs> cover. 
Oh, Eugene, you die. Oh, I feel no pity for you whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but but having said that, it's I believe that this, well, I'm pretty sure that that one there sold out of the slipcover release. So, oh, it's never leaving my side. It's, oh, it's in my collection. <laughs> uh, mean, um, meanwhile today, uh, are you, well. Uh, no, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I uh, went to pick up the kids at mother-in-law's house, and it just never occurred to me in this extremely small podunk town uh, a couple of miles away. Oh, there's a sign for um, a thrift store. And I, I, I never thought maybe I should stop and see if they have any tapes. So I went to the, went in, went back in the back, and there was a whole like kind of shelf of tapes. And I was like, sweet. And the sign said fifty cents. I started pulling tapes out. I found eight of them. I was like, I had five bucks. I was like, all right. I went up to the counter and they said, how much do you have? How many do you have? And I said, I got four bucks worth. And she went, one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight. No, you got 80 cents worth. I said, what? But the sign and she goes, no, no, they're, they're 10 cents a piece. Oh, oh, just hold that register. I'll be right back. (laughs) And so I went back and I pulled out another eight. And at this point, uh, these were really old women that were running this place. So I pulled out another eight tapes and came up and set those on the counter and was like, all right, I like that. And they go, yeah, we've got so many, we just can't get rid of them. I mean, did you go through all of them? And I was like, well, you only have the one shelf. And she's like, oh, no, come with me. I'll take you in the back. Ten tubs of VHS movies I went through, sir. Ten tubs. They go, we can't get rid of them, so we just lowered the price to ten cents each. Or you can fill a box for three bucks. I was like, (laughs) give me the box. Thank you kindly. So I... Got almost 50 movies today for $3. And, and I saw one of the pictures was Grizzly. I can't wait for you to watch that. I know. That was one that I leaped on. I actually, once yeah. once I saw all the piles of VHS, I started sweating profusely because <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never, like, I, I'm on these Facebook groups and, and of VHS collectors and they always tell me about these stories about, oh, they went to this garage sale and they had 10 boxes and they went to this and they had tons of stuff and they let me in the back and it was super cheap. Well, this was my first real big Raiders of the Lost Ark running away from the ball cave that I found treasure. And I, I got Warner clamshells. I got, uh, Vestron clamshells. I got, uh, several Vestron video stuff. I got, I actually found some horror movies. Thank God. Um, nice. I got, uh, Transformers the movie, the animated movie, and the special collector's edition clamshell. I got so many freaking movies that I'm, I cannot wait to talk about, but I just thought it's funny because it, they're, it, I, oh, and while I was putting them into, uh, Film Aficionado, I found at least three of them that have not gone to DVD that look like your niche titles. Oh, really? Uh, and what are they called? Do you know? Uh, one is called Sweet Revenge from 1987. If you could look up that, uh, look up the, do a Google image search and try and tell me that you don't want to watch that movie. Uh, Poison Ivy, the Michael J. Fox movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's... Oh, dude, Sweet Revenge. That looks awesome. Yeah, I'd nab that one in a second. And one called The Take, which looks like some uh, sleazy... Skinamax kind of thing, but so I'm not too surprised that one didn't go anywhere, but uh, it's kind of VHS I kind of like to look at every now and then, but that um, Sweet Revenge, I was pretty surprised that one hasn't gone to the next level. That, that looks awesome and sounds awesome, but yeah, anyway, I just thought that was funny that I spent $3 and I got almost 50 movies and 25 for your slipcover. Uh, oh, I know, <laughs> but, I know. But the, but the majority of the movies that I got sound like those kinds of movies that yeah. you are paying that price yeah. for. 
I will say this, though. I know that it's like, wow, that's a lot of money. But these movies actually do hold their value, uh, the, especially the Vinegar Syndrome stuff with the, the limited slip covers. Everybody knows if you have a Vinegar Syndrome movie, regardless of quality of actual content on the movie, the the transfer is going to be fantastic. And, the, and this Prey movie, it looked amazing. The transfer was so good. Uh, so, again, I'm justifying wasting money on garbage. But anyway, okay. And I think we lost Eric. No, no, I just stepped away for a sec. Oh. I was just going to get my VHS copy so I could show you. Oh, yeah. That's that's the cover I was looking at online. Media. Uh, media releasing this. Which <laughs> Oh, that's classic right there. Uh, Nancy that's... Allen's in that. Yeah. Okay. And Ted Shackleford. <laughs> and I love the tagline. A searing tale of white slavery, murder, and vengeance. It's probably going to be pretty shitty, but it might be a good, like, a good bad one. Uh, 1987, 79 minutes. This, uh, Martin Landau, I mean, it's, it's clearly, uh, this is going to be amazing. I can't, that, that literally is the next thing that I'm watching. Okay. Mark Sorbell directed that, and he directed, um, I'm just looking to see if there's anything, uh, lots of TV stuff. Okay, this yeah, is, back to you. Uh, this is the kind of VHS shit I love, though. It's great. Okay, uh, <laughs> my turn to review stuff. Okay, I got two current ones for you, since I did some more direct video stuff. Avengers 3 Infinity War. Last week, I reviewed Deadpool 2. It was the first uh, theatrical movie I saw in 2018. The next day, I went and watched Avengers 3 Infinity War. And the day after that, I pulled the hat trick and went and watched Solo. So I had three theater trips in three days, and I was going to go for a fourth, but I work prevented me from doing any any more than that. So first up, Avengers three: Infinity War. Uh, you uh, hey, you guys know how critical I was of Avengers two, even on the rewatch. That movie, ugh. Other than just being a fluff action movie, the plot of that movie irritates me uh, with how hypocritical it is. Avengers three, very. Very improved over Avengers 2. I like this way better than Avengers 2. This is a good movie. I'm trying to give a lot of positives up front because then I'm going to tell you my negatives. Spoiler free. No spoilers here because Eugene hasn't seen it. Uh, At two and a half hours, this thing hits the ground running and doesn't let up for a second. It feels... I mean, I don't want to say it feels too cram-packed, but I mean, it is running like crazy. So much so... They're throwing, they're throwing so much at you so much so that uh, when it was all said and done and in retrospect thinking back about the movie and how do I feel about it, I'm like, man, it just starts kind of slipping away because it was just like scene, 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 scene. It just just hauling ass, which is a good thing considering how many characters are in this thing. Um, so at the end of the day, I do give the movie a thumbs up. I did enjoy it. I'm not, I don't think, I don't even know if I'd put it in the top ten. Maybe? I mean, it might make the bottom of the top ten of the MCU. It very much is Thanos' movie, which is a interesting way to do it. I think that was a good way to do it. It follows him a lot. More than I expected. Um, okay, now we're going to get into some of the negatives. It was very apparent that Iron Man... Well, some of these characters were being handled by a different director. Particularly Iron Man... Star-Lord, all the Guardians of the Galaxy, actually. Uh, because, I gotta tell you, as much as I was freaking, or as much as I was saying that Tony Stark is an absolute asshole in Civil War, he's ten times the asshole in this. Like, there he was still, in Civil War, he's still kind of smug funny. 
Here it's just smug prick. Like, it's not funny. And he has little lines and shit, but they're not funny. And I didn't laugh at them. I was like, you're a moron and this is stupid. Why are you, why are you reacting like this? Uh, this isn't really spoilery. It's, it's right up front of the movie, but, um, Hulk comes back from. Yeah. Ragnarok, more or less. I'll keep it vague. Why and what's going on? And he's like, uh, guys, Thanos is coming. And he's, he's like, you gotta make up, like, you gotta call Cap. We gotta figure out what's going on. And he's like, well, me and Cap are falling out and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Motherfucker, this dude is coming to kill us all. Like, this is happening now. I don't give a shit what your problems are. World-ending event. Let's go. And he's still like, eh. And it's like, have you not seen this shit enough? So it was a little bit like, dude, you've had enough experience with these kinds of weird things happening and, like, Thor and gods showing up and your robots destroying towns like you should know to just like, okay, where's the problem? Let's pick up and go and put our past aside. But yeah, it's it, all right, whatever. I can suspend disbelief for a little bit. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Star-Lord. <sighs> Boy, they really make those guys look like morons. I mean, they even call them morons. And it would have been funny if there was a joke in there, but there really kind of wasn't. And it was just sort of like, oh, you guys are dumb. Oh, and they're cool in the movies, especially the first one. Th- they're cool in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies here, it was just sort of like, oh boy, you guys are kind of dumb. Uh, all right. I guess that's what we're doing. I, it, a lot of the humor didn't work for me. I'll be completely honest. I mean, it was okay, but it did not like work like a regular MCU movie. And maybe it shouldn't because Thanos is so hardcore and I don't know. Now, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but getting to the end of the movie, it was, it got pretty crazy, and, um, yeah, there's a thing that happens, and as it's happening, you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy, but then a couple of other things happen, and you're like, oh, well, I am completely emotionally uninvested from this whatsoever. I hear a lot of people online saying, oh, I was weeping, and I was crying, and I was like, hey, you're an idiot then, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. It's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, so ridiculous that you're just, okay. I mean, maybe if you don't do any research into the world of Hollywood or movies or upcoming movies or anything, you could have that emotional response. But hey, how many times do I tell you I'm, I'm rolling a tear at stupid animated comic book movies and this one, no, I wasn't at no time was I ever close to having that kind of emotional response. Again, I still give the movie a thumbs up and you got to keep in mind when you go into it, this is half a movie. This is kill bill volume one. And it has a huge cliffhanger and it's over. And, uh, another p- super positive Thor rules this movie. He is such a pimp in this movie that is, he is the biggest badass ever. It, it, like he was the one thing that felt like remained constant and, and it was great. I mean, cap is barely in it, so it's hard to judge. Um, there is a, I don't want to give away who the actor is, but there was an actor that popped up that I did not expect in a role that was just hilarious that they cast him in that role that just, it, it was so perfect and just made me laugh out loud. And let's just say as a Game of Thrones fan, you will love that bit. I loved that bit. Um, Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, that's one that I'm, I'm going to wait for at home. <laughs> as well, you should, because I sat through like 12 trailers. Also watched it at uh, Maslin. And fuck you guys for not turning up your projectors. I could tell the projector was turned down. 
I could tell. Well, the, the no, wait, wait, that was, no, wait, 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 that was uh, Solo. That, okay, my bad. This one, I could, it wasn't as bright as it should have been, but it was acceptable, I guess. That was a Cinemark. This next review, Solo. Now, already this, I've been hearing this complaint a lot online, but it does have a bit of a darker look to the uh, photography, which is okay. It should. But I could tell that the, the bulb was down on top of that, because even the, even the bright, bright scenes were, were not bright. I, I could just tell that it was not as bright as it should be, and it was not because of the filming. It was that same kind of AVP thing, almost. It was like, I can tell yeah. this is meant to be a smidge brighter. But then yeah. again, Maslin always has their frickin' bulbs turned down. So that was not the biggest surprise. It wasn't a deal-breaker at all. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying I could I could tell. Now, the movie itself? I like the movie. It was it was enjoyable. Um, I know this is another one that a lot of people said, is this even necessary? Why do we need this? Why do we need to know the origin of all these blah, 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 blah? Who gives a shit? I don't care. It, it was a totally entertaining Star Wars movie for me. I thought everybody did a pretty decent job in their acting role. Uh, we, yeah. we did a little bit of texting about it. What was the one robot? L something. I did not like that robot. Yeah, you said you didn't like the robot. I did. But then you said it was not funny. And I agreed and then disagreed because I'm an idiot. And when it comes to texting, I agree <laughs> that her jokes were not funny. Like the her verbal when she was trying to kind of or she was meant to be funny, that was not funny. That fu- I don't think any of the humor in this movie worked, to tell you the truth. It all pretty much fell flat. But when she was funny to me was her antics of, like, the robot revolution, and when she took the restraining bolts off and created absolute chaos on the... That made me laugh so much. And I don't even know if it was really intended for me to laugh at that, but I did. I thought that was hilarious. N- not Again, not so much her quippy jokes when she was like, Come on, fight me in the in the, yeah. the uh, whatever. Um, other than that, I I mean it hit about every note that I thought it would. Uh, I mean it was kind of a little bit like all right, Han Solo helping re- rebels before the rebels. I, I, I guess spoiler. Yeah, it's not much of a spoiler. Um, what about? I mean, you didn't get I- spoilery on it. I thought it was a really good movie. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, and and uh, I, I have heard the same thing that, uh, that you're talking about with the, it being a bit too dark, but my viewing at, uh, at Cinemark here in Canton was perfectly fine. I didn't even, I actually didn't even think about it. It looked great to me. Uh, but other than the, the robot I did, which I didn't like, uh, I thought that the movie was really good. I had a blast in it. My expectations were quite low. But it hit all the beats that I liked. Um, just a good, fun movie. It wasn't too long, although way, way, way too... What's the deal with these all, like, 12 previews in front of movies? It, it takes a movie that's like two hours and ten minutes, and you're stuck in the theater for damn near three hours, it seems. I don't know. I, they assume that people don't watch trailers online, or don't see... Oh. Or they skip them w- with uh, satellite... You know, the, the programmable, yeah. whatever the hell it is. I don't have it, so I don't know what it's called. Uh, <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying. But I, I thought the movie was really good. I'm looking forward to watching that one again at home. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not the best Star Wars movie, but uh, I, I don't think that it deserves the... I don't know. It, it doesn't... Obviously, it's underperforming to a certain extent. And I It's unfortunate because I think it's a good movie. It's a good summer movie. It probably would have done a little bit better in the winter if they would have waited, but whatever. I got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It did feel a little bit like, 
let's take every single thing about we know about Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon from the uh, original trilogy and find a way to cram in some sort of thing that makes it like, oh, remember when C-3PO says, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most weird form of communi- whatever the hell he says. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. because the robot's in the ship and, it's, you know, it's whatever. I, that's not here nor there. Okay, that's a thing that exists, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. I didn't. I just. I didn't care. Uh, all these things that people are complaining about, I didn't care. Yeah. Oh, uh, another. I read the spoiler uh, beforehand about the cameo at the end, and yes. I was like, "Oh, that is kind of odd." Not. I mean, it's fine that he shows up, but it's kind of weird that he lights his lightsaber in a threatening manner when you're just a hologram. And, you know, like, duh. Yeah. But then I watched the movie, and I was like, "But that's not quite of what he was doing. He was just sort of like." Do to do lightsaber. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And I actually, that was one of my favorite things. It turned out to be one of my favorite things about the movie because I wanted to see the metal legs. Damn it! And he had the metal legs, and that makes the Clone Wars animated show canon because that's what happened in the animated show. Yep. Did you? I don't know if you got that far in the show. Uh, well, actually, uh, he, this is kind of spoiler. He does show up in Rebels as well. Okay. So I, yeah. So I knew kind of. That stuff. Right, right. Well, yeah, that, um, that was the, they pick up from him at, at the being cut in half at the bottom of the trench thing and getting the robot oh. legs. It, it picks up from there in the animated show. So I wanted to see a couple of things with that cameo just, you know, from hearing from the Internet descriptions. I was like, I, says, does he have metal legs? That was my first question. And sure as shit, he's sitting there with the metal legs. And I was like, oh, yes, that's so rad. <laughs> now, it. unfortunately, because of the I, I, I cannot possibly see them doing a sequel to this. But do you think that uh, it's a bit of a cliffhanger? Do you think that they're going to somehow try to keep that story arc going with one of the side movies? Uh, it's, it's a planned trilogy. This is just the first part of a trilogy. Oof. He's on for three movies. I mean, yeah. and think about it. That guy could be the bad guy for the next few movies. And it would explain why... Quora or whatever her name is took off. She's trying to yeah. save Han, yeah, by leaving him. So yeah, I don't know where they're going to go next, but who knows? Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, whatever. Chewie's Star Wars. Badass. Star Wars. <laughs> One, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, any anything else for Solo for you? Or- no, I gave it a. Thumbs up. I, uh, there has been one of the Disney Star Wars movies that I did not like. I know that people, uh, many people, it seems, loathe The Last Jedi, which, all right. Um, and now this one, too. It's, it's, it's unnecessary. I, mean, I don't know. I liked it. It was worth my money, and I'm, I'll buy it on Blu-ray, and I'll enjoy it again. Yep. And so will my kids eventually. Yep. Me, too. So. I'm trying to think of it. other parts of the movie that I really liked, or I'm trying to think of any other complaints I had with it. I thought it was cool the uh, how the the escape pod that is a yes. part of the Millennium Falcon that was cool how that that gets a you know like oh okay I get yeah and the full like the cool. full retcon of the parsecs comment which yeah everybody likes to say that Lucas didn't know what he was talking about and that he meant that as a time measurement it's like how do you know that's yeah. I mean I know they originally retcon that in the books and it was brilliant when I read it in the books I was like this makes total it wasn't like it was in the movie. It was different than that. It was, uh, you have to navigate a field of black holes. So the shortest distance mean you got, meant you got closer to all of the black holes along the way. And it was therefore ten times more dangerous. You know, it's the, the shorter yeah. parsec. Um, when I'm like, oh, that makes, 
absolute sense. I guess there was a black hole in this one. But that weird giant space creature. and I, I, I was real curious from the trailers how they were going to knock off the front of the ship. I didn't know they were going to go escape pod. And yeah, when I they know. did, I, I was, I was genius. Genius. That's brilliant. I love it. Yep. <laughs> and they never replaced it or whatever. It was just like, oh, now here's the, here's the ship now. Oh, and I like when he landed it. It was just a complete piece of shit. I mean, just yeah. destroyed. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that Glover did a fantastic job as Lando, but everybody came out of that movie going, oh, he stole the show and he needs to get his own movie. I, I came out of that going, he was great. I don't really care about a Lando movie. I mean, what's he going to do? Um, yeah, that, uh, pretty much all that was needed to be said was said yeah. in this one. I mean, if he wants to team up with Han again, okay, I, I'd watch that. But Yeah. Uh, and again, every little line they can get in about... You know, Lando at one point is like, oh, mining colonies, those are a waste of time and money or something. And it's just like, oh, oh all right, yeah, I got, I got it. Yep. <laughs> yep. But another serviceable Ron Howard movie. Oh, and you did see uh, Clint. Clint was in the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep, I chuckled and leaned over to my wife. I'm like, oh, there was Clint Howard. And she's like, who? Yep. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I watched that one with my wife, too, and I went, oh, there, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, back to you. I mean, where are we at? About an hour ten. You can you want to do some more? I'll, I'll do another couple of reviews and then I'll I'll be done. Uh, actually, let me finish out my vinegar syndrome uh, trifecta of meh. Um, I watched a movie called The Bees from 1977, starring John Saxon and a bunch of oh, and uh, John Carradine. Uh, Killer bees, a.k.a. rice being thrown around the screen and people <laughs> screaming and wailing and falling and stupid things. Uh, it, awful. Awful. Uh, as much as I appreciate some of those old school TV movie type feel deals, and I'm not sure if this was TV movie or not, this felt like a TV movie from the 70s. Um, I was just waiting for the Brady Bunch to show up. That's the feel of the movie. Like, it just... Bell bottoms and it's a light tone and up oh, it's time to show some more bees. So here's a whole bunch of confetti and rice being thrown around and people stupid. Um, uh, point of interest, I guess, is uh, the beginning of the movie. They're in another country and the, the killer bees are let loose. And this uh, this guy and his wife, he's the guy that's has this, this strain of bees or whatever. He gets killed and she escapes and she goes to America for stupid reasons. And there are a corporation is trying to do corporation things. And so she meets up with John Saxon, who's a part of this. And, you know, and it's one of those things where in no time flat, oh, I love you, John Saxon. And, <laughs> and, you know, they're in love and they're dating and whatever. I'm like, all right, that's seventies, I guess. Um, but, I'm going to spoil this movie because it's awful. Uh, towards the end, they John Saxon discovers that we have to communicate with the bees because they are on our level and they can understand us. So they're talking to these swarms of swarms of rice bees, whatever things floating through the air, and we're going to be taken over by these bees. But we're going to let's be nice to them, and then they'll be nice to us, I guess. Roll credits. Awful. Hey, awful. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So they successfully communicated with the bees. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, the bees understood them. They could, they can hear us, you see. Oh, it would have been much better if he just walked out there and they immediately skeletonized him like in 10 seconds and his bones fell to the ground. That would have been great. That, instead, it was just, yeah, John Saxon and a bunch of people talking to flying rice. Yeah. And who knew that fast forward to the future and the lack of bees is why we're all going to be wiped out. 
Yes, so it's a very timely movie. Yeah. Um, okay, and last but not least is a movie called Pigs from from 1973, um, starring Jesse Vint, which is uh, actually I was like, "Ooh, Jesse Vint's in this. He's the uh, hero in Roger Corman's Forbidden World." I'm like, "All right, he's the stud from Forbidden World, so he must be good in this, right?" Uh, um, well, I, this wait, I'm looking for great acting from a Corman film. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jesse Vent. Um, <laughs> I like his name, though. That's, that's a pretty good name. Uh, Pigs is also known as... You Daddy's... are highly attracted to men with strange names. Jeff Stryker <laughs> and Maverick. Mr. Vent. <laughs> uh, Pigs is also known as Dadley's... Oh, Dad... <laughs> Go on. Or... <laughs> or Daddy's Deadly Darling. Uh, Dadley. Good God. Um... <laughs> So, it's a Vinegar Syndrome movie. Uh, there's lots of pigs snorting in it. And, uh, okay, so this lady shows up in town, and soon she befriends this hotel owner that immediately he's shady, and it's like, why would anybody do business with this guy? Because he's obviously a killer, a serial killer or something. And the local townspeople think that, um, he kills people and feeds them to his pigs, and then his pigs are people then. Are his pigs take over the souls of the people, maybe? Lots of pigs snorting. Uh, so this lady shows up, and she's got issues. Um, and then Jesse Vince, the cop, and he shows up. And you can tell that things are not right with the guy that owns this hotel and this girl, but he seems to be fine with everything. And he like He's kind of the doofy cop, um, which he should be. He's Jesse Vint. Uh, it's, 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 is it a double meaning with pigs being the title? Is that what's going on here? Well, kind of, I mean, yeah, they're, oh, so yeah, he's got this, yeah, this hog trough with, with pigs and he feeds, he figs, good God, way too much gin in the afternoon. He figs. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think just enough, sir. (laughs) Okay. He, he feeds, uh, uh, corpses to his pigs. Um, much like in, uh, Hannibal. It's, it's very similar to Hannibal, you see. And the townspeople are just kind of like unsettled by this. They're not like, yeah, they're just the unsettled. Yeah, they're just unsettled. Okay. And the cop, the cop is, it's tra- like, hey, kinda, knock it off. Like, yeah, just kind of sort of investigating. And by the way, this is a trauma movie. Mm. So, <laughs> I would have led with that, but whatever. Yes, I, I, yeah, sorry, I missed that because I popped the vinegar syndrome just in and then, do, 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 do. I'm like, oh, a trauma movie. Okay. Expectations are now in check. Uh, and I mean, right from the get go, lots of close up shots of pigs snorting in the camera and slop. And uh, I will say this, the movie has a little tiny bit of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type, like that grungy feel. Mm-hmm. It ends there though. Like not much of it makes sense. And the acting is poor and pigs snorting and uh, it's okay. It's not bad. I was, not, I'm waiting for four stars. <laughs> it's not, well, it, it got two and a half. Almost three. Almost three. Um, I'm going to give this another another couple viewings, though. It's because I'm like, I feel that there's a good movie in here if I force myself to watch it a few more times. And then I'll be like, <laughs> oh, you got to check out Pigs. If there's anything that requires deep analysis, it's trauma. Yes. Yeah. And their release of Pigs. But if you want to see, if you want to hear, actually, I had to turn the volume down a couple of times because I'm like, this is so like shrill and loud with pig snorting. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for my wife to text me saying, what are you watching? <laughs> like, it's 
just Eugene and his movies from Vincent, <laughs> trauma, and pigs and stuff. Yep. I didn't fall asleep though. I was like, yeah, keep, what's, where, where's this thing going? <laughs> where are you leading me, Jesse Vint? <laughs> Straight to the trough. And <laughs> that's all I've got. Um, I'm looking over my list and nothing I, I have to review will top that at this point in time. No. We'll, we'll just wait for next time. We'll, we'll just wrap it up. Uh, coming soon, I have uh, 50 VHS tapes to watch. I won't get to all of them by next week, but I will definitely be getting to some, such as Frankenstein Unbound. That's a Corman thing. Did you watch that one? Ooh, I think that's from 1990, like the late 80s or early 90s. I may have watched that one I think on VHS, did. actually, from, from uh, Video Connection. A uh, movie Maybe. called Vamp? But I might save that for October. Grizzly. Oh, is that great? Is that Grace Jones? I don't know. New World Video presents Vamp. Yeah, that's Grace Jones. That's a. Mm-hmm. Um, the bedroom window shining through. I got that sudden death, that hockey Van Dam movie. Nice. Fifty two pickup. Roy Scheider. Oh, yep. Okay. China Syndrome. Midnight Cowboy still sealed. I've never seen that movie. Will I be unsealing it? Extremities with Farrah Fawcett. I just got all kinds of sleazy crap. Yes, and you do. I can't wait to watch it. I'm, I'm excited. It's great. It's I'm rebuilding the the all the movies I was not allowed to rent. Uh, I'm, I'm now buying them and rebuilding a video store in my basement, much to the chagrin of my family. Of course. Who is drowning in VHS tapes. But that's what I've got coming soon. <laughs> okay. Um, and for me, I, you know what? going to be revisiting Umberto Lenzi's Black Demons. And that's all that's coming to mind right now. I uh, Black Demons. I've talked about it, I'm sure, on this show before, and I love it, and I can't... I'm, I'm like, I. it's been a year, and I'm like, I, I, I have to watch that movie again. <laughs> nice. Why? Uh, because I need to fall asleep three times before I finish it. That's why. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you got to watch these movies because they're just the cure for insomnia. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you're getting up at 5 a.m., sometimes you just got to do that. That reminds me, I wonders. do have a Django collection, uh, two, two, volume one and volume two. So if there's any of those Django movies you kind of want me to watch, you want to throw in the roulette, I could send you the list of them, and that would force me to watch them, even though I own them. And I'm just like, eh, I got, I got VHS to watch, so these DVDs. Let's keep that in mind for future roulettes. If Netflix keeps up with the wasteland that it is, I might uh, take you up on that offer. Okay, I'll, I might send you a list. Okay. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode, sir. All uh, right. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.